Hello, and welcome to the Data-Driven Marketing Leader podcast, brought to you by Notch. I'm your host, Andrew Bolton, Chief Customer Officer at Notch, and along with Anda Ganska, CEO of Notch, we'll be diving deep into the world of data-driven marketing and exploring how marketers can contribute to business growth at every stage of the customer journey. In each episode, we'll be joined by industry experts, thought leaders, and marketing innovators to discuss insights, strategies, and best practices. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with the latest episodes. To learn more about Notch, you can visit notch.com. That's K-N-O-T-C-H dot com. Now, let's get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Data Driven Marketer. I'm here with Lisa Marcis. She's the head of social media at Cohesity, and really excited to have you on the show. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We've been trying to organize this for a while, so I'm glad that we were finally able to uh, to make it happen. To kick things off, I'd love you just to tell us a little bit about what got you into marketing to begin with. And you've had a very interesting journey. I think you've worked with pretty much all of the largest companies in Silicon Valley or in San Francisco at this point and routes to Cohesity. So I'd love to just hear a little bit about your your journey. Sure. So I first got into actually my background's in social work is where I, what I went to school to do. And I went into that because I really like people and I was thinking I wanted to work with people. I like communicating. Writing is one of my strong suits. And as I graduated and was looking and getting into at other grad programs, I kind of realized, hey, this may not be the right time for me to go into that line of work and ended up with marketing because I am able to write. I'm able to talk to people. I'm able to get out there and engage and converse. And I love... I worked in customer service for many, many years. And so it was kind of a natural segue to get into... I stepped into Cisco. It was my first role and was working with partner advisory boards, running user groups and loved it. And eventually segued into social media at Cisco. And Francisco jumped over to Marketo where I was head of social there and really, really loved the dynamic of marketing to marketers. It was probably the funnest job I've ever had. Because we were just able to just talk with each other and have so much fun and engage. And from there, jumped over to Oracle, where I was leading social media at Oracle. I had the corporate channels and then eight lines of business that I was managing at Oracle. A wonderful team there. And then... I actually had Lynn, who I'd worked with a million years ago at Cisco, reach out and they had an opening at Cohesity. And I just said, you know what? I I think it would be really fun to go to a company that is pre-IPO and is looking at doing that in the near future. I've never taken a company public and I thought it would be really, really fun to come in and do something a little bit different. And that's how I ended up here at Cohesity. That's awesome. For those who are not familiar, can you give us the the quick overview of Cohesity, the business, and a little bit about how you approach social media there? Sure. So we're a data security and data management company, really focused on keeping data secure. We have several product lines and we are partnering with key stakeholders across the tech industry, everyone from Google Cloud to Amazon to Microsoft. We are there to protect your data and make sure that if something happens, and we often say it's not if it's going to happen, but when you have some sort of a cyber attack, that you have data backups and that you are able to protect what you have and your customer's data. And it's a really, really interesting niche here. 
the founder, Mohit, actually founded Natanix. So I thought it was a really, really fun opportunity to come and work for somebody that had such an impact on the field and be able to come and learn from some of the best. We just had a new CEO that joined the company about six, seven, eight months ago uh, named Sanjay, who jumped over from VMware. And so we've had some really great growth and some interesting changes as he's come on board. The way that I approach social media and have for throughout my career of 10, 15 plus years... <laughs> Has been education. I mean, that, that means you're like that means that you're like you're a social media like OG basically. <laughs> yeah. Is that good? I don't know. I'm starting to get a few of the the grays. <laughs> I, I always say every time I live stream, I get another gray hair. I feel like it's a, a medal that we get. But I really think that social and again, this goes back to I really like people and I like engaging with people. I like conversing with people. And so I know we're marketers. And then at the end of the day, because I'm, I'm B2B focused. So at the end of the day, it's sales that we're looking for. But really, we have a product that I believe in and that help people and help businesses. And so let's educate people on what it is, how they can use it. And you know, one of the things I, I we work with our technology advocacy group quite a bit. And what I always tell them is make it simple, right? So we started a live stream a couple of months ago where we stream once once a month, and we just have a customer come on and we talk about, hey, what are you guys seeing? Tell us about this integration. Or, hey, what are some of the trends that are going on? Or what are you guys concerned about? And we're actually talking about real world opportunities and subjects that are coming up for people so that we can educate on, here's, you're not alone, number one. And then number two, here's what they're doing to fix it or to address it. Or, you know, have you guys thought about A, B, and C? So that's the way that I like to approach social media. I like to have fun, get out there and, you know, we'll do some demand gen stuff at the end of the day. But I really like to take an approach where it's, I don't want to always be hounding you for your email. I don't want to always be asking you to give me stuff. I look at us as help us help you. So we're going to be there. We're going to tell us what your questions are. We want to answer them. We want to give you content that will actually help you do your job better. And that's kind of the philosophy that I take. Yeah. How do you go about identifying some of those pain points and identifying some of those topics and themes that you want to lean into that meets the customer's needs? Yeah, analytics, data. I mean, we're constantly diving into what are what's resonating. So number one, I'm looking at what are people interacting with? What because if the only constant in social is change, right? Like I know I can say, hey, this has been a key staple in my playbook. It's always worked and I can try it. And then all of a sudden it flops. Because social is so you know, forgive the term organic, but it is. It's always moving, it's always changing. And so I feel like the strategy has to as well. So what I'm always doing is looking at, okay, is this still working? Are people still engaging with it? Are they still liking, commenting, retweeting? Are they still wanting this kind of content, number one? And then number two, we do polls all the time where we ask people questions. And I always filter that data back up to the product teams and say, hey, here's the answer, right? If we have certain product lines or enhancements that are coming down the pipeline. We'll ask questions around it. We will incorporate that into our strategy of of asking questions on what do you guys think about this? 
I mean, oftentimes it's not like super high level related to the product, but really like a little bit lighter on tell us what your concerns are around AI and integration with cybersecurity as -hmm. an example, because we know there's trepidation there, right? How do I know that this is safe? And we're integrating AI in almost every facet of what we're doing now. And as we are educating people on what that means, it's helpful to know what, where people are standing with that and so that we can kind of fine-tune the messaging to address those concerns that they have. And then I'm also looking at who is our audience, like especially if we're doing any kind of paid. Are we targeting the right places? Is there certain geos that we really think might have content that would resonate with them in certain ways that it wouldn't resonate in others? We just did our big key conference for the first time. We had a flagship conference that we launched called Catalyst. And that was just last week. And so I was live streaming all of the keynotes. We had Google Cloud there. We had VMware there. We had Microsoft there. We had all of these key players in the field. And I'm live streaming that. And I'm listening to the comments that are coming back in from people on LinkedIn. That's where I get the most engagement Mm -hmm. organically is LinkedIn. But we were streaming to Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. So I was listening. I had a whole team that was listening, answering questions in real time. And then when we follow back up, we're continuing to kind of monitor. I broke out all of the different sessions into separate recordings and put them up on a playlist in YouTube. So we're kind of seeing which ones are resonating, which ones are people watching, and then relay that data back to the teams, the brand team, the creative team, the product team to just say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what people are really engaging with. I have a live stream called Tech Insights that we launched about six months ago. And that was a result of taking a look at the data. And I really felt like we had quite a bit of high-level content, but we didn't have enough technical in-the-weeds content that was really directed at end-users and the people Mm -hmm. that were implementing the products. So I partnered with the tag team. And we now are live streaming, like I said, every month. And these are high-level or excuse me, in the weeds, not high level, in the weeds. High level from an intelligence perspective, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) But in the weeds kind of a conversation where we're actually addressing and talking to the people that that are implementing the products, which is kind of, Mm. you know, what we really felt I felt was missing when looking at the analytics that we had. You know, it's like, hey, thought leadership, great. I feel like we've got that covered. What we don't have covered is really getting into the weeds with people. So definitely something we look at. Audience growth? Are we continuing to see are people wanting to follow us? Am I even getting the right messaging out there? And then all the way down to I use tracking parameters on every single piece of content that I put out there on social across every single channel, building out our dashboard so that I can see from a demand gen perspective are we getting leads? Are we actually contributing to the bottom line business? I mean, absolutely, I want to be top of funnel and from a, an awareness perspective, but is that translating eventually down the funnel? And are we contributing to the bottom line pipeline with MQLs, TQLs? And and so, yes, we are tracking all the way down to that, to the minute. That's great. You mentioned your team a little bit. Tell us a little bit about kind of how your team is structured and then where it sits within the marketing organization. And how do you interface with some of the other teams like the demand gen team or performance marketing or... I don't know if there's a separate brand team. Like, How does that all work together? 
Yeah. So a uh, lot of changes at Cohesity since I've joined. I'm new. So I joined here. I've been there not quite a year. And so my team is under growth marketing. So I report to the SVP of growth marketing who rolls up to the CMO. So technically, I am on the demand gen. I mean, she manages all of demand gen for the entire company. And so I have two on my team now. And I've got one that manages the channel the channel management side of things. And then one that is dedicated full-time to our employee social advocacy program, which I'm building out. Now, if I was going to say one area that I think is absolutely pertinent for any social media team, advocacy, your employee advocacy is going to go even further than your corporate channels. <laughs> simply because people trust people more than they trust brands. Mm -hmm. So when I can get our employees to get excited about our messaging, to be sharing about our messaging, to get into their networks and share what's going on, we see those messages resonate to the tune of 8x further than our corporate channel messaging. So I get so much bigger bang for my buck when I am getting employees excited about our messaging and getting it out there. Now, I'm very cognizant that not everybody wants to just be a parrot of the brand. And so mm-hmm. I, I make sure that we are also sourcing third-party content that's relevant to the industry, data management, CIO content, data security, cybersecurity. I'm constantly putting all kinds of content in there so that people have a one-stop shop where they can, especially sales, can go in and say, hey, here's something from CIO, here's something from TechCrunch, here's something from VentureBeat, so that they've got a whole list of different kinds of content that they can share on a regular basis to establish themselves as subject matter experts. So that's one... I'm, I'm building that out currently. We just launched with a new software platform in March. So it's still new. I've got a thousand, over a thousand employees active already, which is phenomenal. We're at 52% adoption rate just in the last three months. So I definitely... We report, like I said, up into the growth team. The way I work with... I mean, I feel like social is the central hub, the way that it is kind of the voice of the company. So... PR is a separate team and I collaborate with them on everything from press releases to, hey, we want to collaborate on hiring an influencer to come in and do some webinars with us to, hey, we have a speaking session at this specific conference. So making sure we're promoting everything that way. I work with product marketing so that I know what's coming down the pipeline. Do we have specific assets that we need to collaborate on and, and get a social strategy plan around it? I work with the field marketing team who's saying, Hey, Lisa, we're going to these 50 different (laughs) conferences this summer. How can you promote this? I work with the brand team, which is separate, by the way, who, you know, their team manages on the design side of the house and helps with messaging. And so I make sure that I'm really, really closely aligned with them on everything that we do. So, um, highly collaborative. And it's a cross-functional role. It just has to be the people team. You know, from a recruiting standpoint, we just had happy pride, right? So we just have pride this month. And are we highlighting specific members of of the team that we want to get out there? And what do we want to do on social media? And how do we want to promote different activities that we're doing? So absolutely cross-collaborative in every single facet of my role. That's awesome. And I mean, I think that that's the way the growth actually is supposed to be run is that <laughs> cross collaboration because it is, you know, a, a team effort to, to, to drive that forward. Going back to when you were talking a little bit about the, the metrics inside of things and 
trying to always make that connection back to the business results. I think that that's one thing that we see across the board with content teams, social teams, maybe people that sit a little bit more upper funnel, upper to mid funnel is that it can be a struggle sometimes to connect your work to the business outcome. And people get very lost in, you know, kind of more standard media metrics, like, oh, look at all the traffic that we have, or look at all the views that we have. Like, how do you balance those kind of maybe more like leading indicators of success around like growing an audience? to the more direct indicators of success of like driving those those MQLs or SQLs or however you guys define them. So it's it's funny because it's I feel like social media is one of the last and I don't know why because we're at the front. I feel like whenever anybody's interacting with the brand, social is one of the first ways that they do it. And for some reason it has always been painful for us to get to the the meat of the the data. Now Marketo when I was there was really great. We they had it figured out, right? So from that standpoint I really learned from a demand gen funnel perspective and the tracking how to really look at how I can show a return on my investment. That doesn't mean there aren't certain in, in engaged like metrics that I won't call them vanity, but there are still Softer. indicators as yeah yeah as you said so i do look at and how i've started is and kind of when i'm thinking about how do i report back or up to our executive level team is okay here's how many people found our messaging impactful enough or engaging enough that they actually liked it that they did something they actually did something because that means that they, I mean, it takes quite a bit to get me to like something, especially to share it. I just mm-hmm. don't do that very often. Maybe I'm a little on TikTok, I like a lot, I'll say, <laughs> but on other channels, I'm a little bit more, you know, quiet, muted about it. So they like this enough. So I think engagements is a really good indicator from a higher level perspective of people liked us enough, they did something. Views is hard because it's like three seconds or more, you know, or more. And so it's like, hey, is that really? But if I have from a share of voice perspective, I'm looking at is the brand cohesity getting out there? And I have, for example, last week I had over close to 500,000 views on my live stream. That's pretty good. Right. I mean, that means that I got out to at least half a million people in some form or fashion saw cohesity in one way or another. Again, could be considered a little bit vanity, but it's also from a share of voice perspective, like, hey, I'm getting out there. And that's part of my job is to be that awareness side of things. Traffic back to the dot com. So am I driving? Are people clicking in and are they driving back to our landing page? And are they actually engaging with the content on that landing page? So for me, that's one of the meteor that's I'm always looking at clicks. So when I'm looking at my OKRs and I'm developing goals, it's are people engaging? Are they clicking back? And am I driving pipeline? So it's essential that I consistently am putting the UTM parameters on there. And often we won't see results for a quarter or two. And so if I pull up my dashboard right now, I might have leads that have come in that are from two quarters ago that we do use multi-touch attribution here. And so social has touched it in some way. And so I'm able to see even like 
social, organic social in some way has touched this. And so, you know, here's the potential pipeline that I influenced essentially is what I'm reporting out on. Another thing that we are looking at is employees and are they sharing content and how Mm. much are they driving conversations in their community? So how many clicks are they driving back to .com? How many engagements are they getting on their personal channels? And that's another metric in my OKRs that I measured against. Got it. Yeah, that's it's a good diverse way of looking at things that allows you to, again, look at those kind of leading indicators and the more direct attributable results. Is the money? Like, it's hard, right? Yeah. It's like, is it worth my salary? You know, because <laughs> like when I keep thinking, it's like, it, obviously the influence pipeline was pretty high. But when I'm looking at how do I justify that I have a team of two? And at Oracle, how do I justify have a team of 15? And I was constantly like, here's the business and here's how much people are talking about Oracle Cloud. Here's how much people are talking about ERP. And so it's kind of hard because you have to say, share a voice is up here and I'm actually making an impact here for the visibility of the brand. But also because of that, all of the things that we're doing later down in the funnel, people will say, oh, I know, I've heard of Oracle. I know who they are. And then it starts to make sense, right? right? And people will actually, hopefully, turn into a lead eventually. That makes sense. Yeah, when you're talking about headcount, you know, efficiency is uh, certainly the word of the uh, of the year thus far. And the yeah, other all directors <clears throat> and senior directors kind of twitch, right? Because that yeah. means um, do more with less, please. The, the other word of the year that I, you know we've made it almost twenty minutes into this podcast without mentioning it, which is AI, because yeah. that is now connected with efficiency and how is it being used. Curious, you know, how have you guys thought about it, adopted it, not adopted it, used it? Seen efficiency changes. I'm just curious. Totally use it every day. Absolutely use it. I use it every day. So I use a couple of different platforms. Mm -hmm. I use ChatGPT on the regular. I also use Jasper. I use quite a few actually. So Mm -hmm. for me and my standpoint, I don't know how anyone can't use it. We are moving so fast. And anybody who's in social media marketing wouldn't feel this into their core. But it's, hey, Lisa, we have something that's going... We have a... This literally happened like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> we have an event and we want to do paid. Can you get an ad up now? And it's like, there's just not awareness sometimes of how much it takes to go into an ad, right? I need creative. I need copy. I need time. I, I need the audience. I need ABCD. And so can you get this up within 24 hours? That was the ask. And by the way, can we have a couple of different choices? So right now I'm going in and I'm writing all the copy for it. Old me would have had to sit there and think of creative ways to write that. I just shot it in and said, hey, you know, tell me, can you write four LinkedIn posts for this? And it does it. I tweak it, obviously, but I can turn stuff around in 10 minutes that I couldn't used to do. So definitely a a lifesaver there. But it also allows me to focus on other things, right? So I have... 
a survey coming down the pipeline. I need to come up with a, a strategy around it. So I'm able to focus on that today. And I was able to get in three or four suggestions on uh, ways that we could go, do creative for that or some suggestions on graphics or, hey, could we look at doing A, B, C, D? I'm able to focus on that now instead of worrying about writing copy for the next half hour. So mm-hmm. the way that it allows me to kind of change up what I'm doing has just been really, really great. Yep. Have you, I'm just curious, had any pressure or questions from senior management of, well, if you, if you're, if this is making you more efficient, like why do you need X, Y, Z headcount or, you know, those types of I thought you were going to say about the security issues. Well, there's that, there's that, there's that as well, but we'll leave that one on the side. (laughs) I mean, I'm not putting anything in there that isn't already out there in the Google world. So from that perspective, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot as far as, you know, thinking about, am I ever putting anything in there that's under embargo? Absolutely not. I'm yeah, you right. know, definitely not stupid. But I have had, you know, hey, be smart. And I am. So there is a security issue in that, you know, don't put anything in there that shouldn't be in there uh, that you don't want anyone to know. So if we have a huge announcement coming down the pipeline, obviously, I'm not going to put something in there. As far as, yeah, them asking about, I mean, I'm already the... I'm so lean. I'm not sure I could be. Yeah, but I'm sure you're asking for more. You know, from our perspective, I am telling and educating on here's how this is helping to complement, but here's also what the team's doing on top of that. Mm -hmm. So, because we're able to save a little bit of time here, here's where I'm now able to invest more time and I've been able to accomplish A, B, C, D. And so, it's basically just allowing me to expand further than I could have had we not had that extra tool, you know, that help from that tool. Do I see that in the future, this will affect us? Absolutely. Do I think it will take our jobs? Probably some. I don't think that if I'm being realistic, there's some fear there. And I don't think anybody that's in marketing doesn't feel that because we can see how powerful it is. I still think there's going to need to be somebody doing the prompting and doing some of the execution. There are some aspects of my job that aren't going to be able to be replaced with AI. I produce live streams. You know, yep. I'm the one that's there getting everybody into the studio. So there are some things that I just don't think are we can totally let go of. But I do think, you know, if we're within three to five years, we're going to be able to say, hey, can you write, you know, 50 tweets for this piece of content and schedule it out over the next three months? I think it'll do that. So that will... To your point, point, though, I do think it's a... People will find other things to do that it can't do that maybe only humans can do. And it, it frees up that creativity, which I think will actually be really interesting in marketing. Is it kind of getting rid of some of the grunt work and letting people to focus more on Hey, I'm going to be, you know, data focused, but being creative at the same time and kind of bringing those things together. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I I do think is it will be video, right? But it's even getting really good at in person. Yeah. <laughs> it's still not there yet, though. I can still tell it's not a human being, but I do think that the video aspect of I can see you and I can tell it's your voice is going to start meaning more and more. And I I think that, you know, and I have this conversation, I think blogs and the way that blog content is, is now, if it can chat, you know, shoot out a blog in 30 seconds, are we going to place value on written content the way that we used to? I don't know. But I do think that 
TikTok and seeing the growth of TikTok and the way that things are, when we can see somebody, we can talk to somebody, that's going to have more value, I think, or, or that connection that everybody's looking for the human connection. Yeah. So I'm not sure if we're going to still place value in five years on the same things that we do now. I think it's going to shift for sure. Yeah. My, uh, my, my thought is that people are going to go back to, you're only going to believe what you see with your own, with your own eyes. And so either that's video or in-person events and kind of making those connections, I think it's going to become even more important. Last question, AI aside, let's say, when you look forward to the next 12 months, especially with like some of the things that the different social platforms are rolling out from capabilities and things like that, like, what are you most excited for? Are there any areas where you feel like other folks that are in your, in your shoes really need to be focusing on? I think that I'm excited to see where we're going to go. I think that some of the legacy ways that we have been communicating in the past are starting to falter. I have seen declining and almost zero engagement in Facebook. In fact, I'm about to just kill it at this juncture from a B2B perspective. There's been some shifts in Twitter that I have been uncomfortable with. And so I'm interested to see where that goes. I know that there's going to be some new leadership. So we'll see. LinkedIn has been by far for me the best organic engagement growth that I've gotten for the last probably three years. But are they going to do what other channels did and make it pay to play? Right. I'm just waiting for them to optimize and figure out, hey, we want to make money. And we'll see if that happens. Yep. And then, you know, there's new ones coming up, right? So are we going to start looking at some that are a little bit more segregated in the way that we communicate? Are we going to look more at communities like where we're talking around certain interests versus town square kind of things? Will be interesting. Yeah, uh, I, more of a specific, specific approach. Yes, yes. And targeted so that I'm going into you know, like Reddit and finding threads or specific areas. I mean, we are, we've already been doing that, but I'm I'm seeing and I'm noticing a lot that's coming out now isn't everybody has access. It's you need to go to a specific area, you know, on Discord or whatever in order to get in on these conversations. And they're not as searchable and the listening's not there. And so I'm curious to see how we migrate into some of these niche conversations that are happening. And how do we even freaking listen to them? I'm struggling, I'll be honest with you, to know where are people talking about us and finding those places so that I can get somebody in there as an advocate to reply or somebody that just knows what they're talking about, right? Are people posting comments or questions about things and we're just not answering because we don't see it? So where will the listening go? I think that we're going to have to the tools that we're utilizing are going to have to get better. And not only from listening, but analytics perspectives, listening to our competitors, where are they finding things? You know, I'm constantly looking at my competitive analysis reports. But then also, are we utilizing the right channels and what's going to be next? TikTok is... I have yet to find a B2B company that's done it really, really well. So we'll see where that goes. But for me, it's... I haven't dipped my toe in TikTok except personal. And so I'm I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the future with that. And then where does creative design go? If I can throw in, I don't know if you saw the new Adobe stuff released. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I can do that. Right. <laughs> so what happens? 
what yeah. happens? Are we still going to value the photographers that were, you know, that are going out there and actually creating the real images? Or are we all just going to live in an AI virtual world? It'll be interesting to see. I'm curious. I'm curious to see. I like organic and I value what I think is real. And I think as humans, we're going to find more and more that we are kind of pulled to that. But I'm, yep. I'm curious to see. I think we're all curious to see. Um, so uh, with that, we'll wrap it up. Lisa, thanks so much for uh, being a great guest today. A lot of really useful information. And thank you to everyone listening. Uh, as always, we always appreciate it. So thank you thank so much you. and have a good one.